We are all gathered here this morning because God in his love and in his mercy has granted to my mother Nancy eternal rest. That God foresaw the suffering that she was going to experience in the forthcoming weeks and months and years ahead. And instead of allowing her to suffer those things, instead God chose to call her home to himself. Many of you are here today maybe because you knew her, maybe you counted her as one of your friends, or you worked with her at one of her many places of employment over the years. Or maybe you're here today because you met her in passing at a parish function uh, at St. Raphael or in Marinette or Shano or Brussels, Lincoln, Rosaire. And so maybe you didn't really know her, but you met her a few once or twice. And still, many of you might never have even met her. But yet, you've all gathered here with me today as we assist her in this funeral mass with our prayers. And so, uh, I thank you for that. As yesterday uh, was the first time that I saw the body after she passed away on Monday outside of her home, I said to the funeral director, I said, well, this is the most peace that she's had in a long time, that this is the most peace she's had. As I thought about my mother's life, I thought that there was one phrase that really captured uh, really the essence of her life. I would say that that was, uh, uh, the phrase would be that of an answered prayer. Because it happened back in the early 1960s that a couple here in Oconto who owned Looney Standard Oil realized that in their 40s that they weren't going to have any children, that God didn't give them that gift. And so they turned to the adoption service agency to see if they would be able to adopt. So the prayers of my grandmother Elizabeth and grandfather Thomas, that they would be blessed with a child. And in 1966, at the age of 40 and 42, they adopted Nancy as they received word that a child in Ashland County was being born and that the mother simply could not take care of her. And so that was an answered prayer for my grandmother and for my grandfather. I'd say too that an answered prayer for my grandmother that in my mother's younger years, she might have been a little wild, you could say. And so the prayers of a mother asking that she might have the grace of a conversion to calm down just a little bit. And as I grew in age, I realized that that prayer, as I saw my grandmother often praying at night, that that was an answered prayer, that that did happen. An answered prayer that sometimes in my life, or in my mother's life, she experienced much turmoil, uh, very inclement situations. In 2006, when she was driving home from Woodside Lutheran Home back here to Oconto, uh, she was in a major vehicle accident in which uh, when the emergency personnel went out to the car that had rolled three or four or five times, they didn't expect to find any survivors, but yet they found her. And perhaps in that moment, she cried out to God in a prayer, and God heard and God answered that prayer on that day. When in 2007 in spring she was visiting a friend of hers 
and this friend in a homicidal rage attempted to take her life. And so she was hospitalized and he was charged. And so in those moments of desperation, crying out to God, asking for his help, and God heard and God answered that prayer on that spring day in 2007. The prayers of me, her son, I see that God has truly answered the prayer of my own heart for the past three months. And it wasn't a prayer for death, but a prayer that she would never face the amputation of her limb, that she would never experience the loss of her leg or her foot, because I simply didn't think that she would be able to make do with that, that she would not be able to uh, accommodate and kind of acclimate to the loss of a leg. Uh, a few months ago in June, I was on an Amtrak train and I was going down to visit a classmate of mine on a few days of rest. And as I was on this train and it was really delayed, I was reading a book about Father Solanus Casey. And this book about Father Solanus, thank God, ahead of time, the life and spirituality of Solanus Casey really moved me in many different ways. The first, I was reading it so I could understand how he loved Mary and write an essay on that. But as I read the book and I came upon a certain chapter and a certain story about his life, that Solanus Casey in this life had kind of an open sore on his leg that caused him a lot of problems. And one day, and later in his life, towards the end, he was in the hospital. Well, first, let me back up. I'll tell you who Solanus Casey is. Solanus Casey was a, a Capuchin friar in Detroit at uh, St. Bonaventure province there, I think. And um, there, at their friary, people would come and they would knock on the door and they would ask to talk to a friar and to seek counsel and assistance and really to ask them to pray for them. And so Father Solanus really was the Padre Pio of the United States of America with all the many miraculous things that happened through his intercession. And as I read about his life then and happened upon this event of his later life, that he was hospitalized and was facing the amputation of his own leg, that every five to 10 minutes, the book said, the nurses would come, they would check the Doppler in his leg, Doppler checking, you know, that might sound odd, but it's to see about circulation. My mother had it done almost probably weekly, I bet. And uh, they were checking the Doppler to see if, even in the night, that they would have to call a surgeon and amputate his leg. And uh, as the next day came, as the morning came, it was realized that, well, no, he didn't need his leg amputated. And he was able to go home, and he never had that happen. And in fact, as he's being beatified in November in Detroit in a special mass on the way to becoming a saint, the wound in his leg that should have left some sort of marker on his bone was no longer there. There was no proof that he ever had that, even though so many knew it. And so as I encountered that story of Father Solanus, I thought, well, you know what? I think I must entrust my mother to his intercession, that he knew what it was like to face the possibility of amputation. And so every day then I prayed a little prayer uh, before bed, and it was something like this, that Father Solanus, you who face the possibility of amputation, please pray for my mother that she'll never lose her leg 
and that if she has any clots in her leg, that they'll be miraculously dissolved, and that they won't know how to attribute it to. As I read about Father Solanus more and learned about his devotion to the Mother of God, every time people would come to the friary and seek his counsel and ask his prayers, he would always tell them, I want you to go and buy the first volume of a book called The Mystical City of God by Venerable Mary of Agreda, a Spanish nun from the 1600s. This Mystical City of God probably numbers uh, 2,500 pages or more. And, but he would recommend this to the people who came seeking his prayers and said, go home and read that and you'll obtain this request. And inevitably, the people who did that would write back and say, God has heard our prayer. But sometimes when a person might have neglected that and didn't do it, they would come back to Father Solanus and say, they're getting worse. What are we to do? And Father Solanus would say, did you get the mystical city of God? And they would say, no. He said, go get it and read it. So that's how he, he loved this book. He read it four times in his life on his deathbed. He was reciting it as they were reading it to him. He knew it in and out. And so as I pray that prayer every day that my mother might not lose her leg, that then I would read from the mystical city of God. I'm only on volume one. I'm at Joker Manan, which is page 150. So reading a few pages every day as a way to just uh, cover all my bases. So as I received word on Monday that my mother had passed, I realized that maybe this was an answered prayer. And as I was talking to some of her friends, they told me that it was only a matter of time that her foot was going to come off and maybe her leg, and then she was facing more issues with the other leg and complications that were arising there. So I really believe that was indeed an answered prayer. On Sunday, I had a very short conversation with my mother on the phone, and uh, she called, and uh, I was somewhere, I was kind of rushed, you know, and, and talked about a minute, and as she called, she said, well, you know, so-and-so just called me, and they want you to pray for someone, and they asked me to pray for them, can you do that? And so her very last words to me were about a prayer. And we gather today in the context of the Mass, which is a prayer, in which we ask God to hear us today as we pray for her, as we pray her home on her journey home to be with God. That's precisely what our readings were about today. Then the first reading from the book of Maccabees, we hear about kind of this collection that's being, or the second book of Maccabees, that we hear about this collection taken and how it's a good and a noble deed, a pious thought to pray for the dead. Many people, uh, probably like 500 people have said, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. As we gather here today, I would say that what can you do except to offer prayers for her? That if you find her holy card that you've acquired today, or if you pass by her grave in the cemetery to remember her in prayer, and to ask God to be kind and merciful towards her. In our gospel today, we heard the prayer of the good thief that we call him. And he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, this day you'll be with me in paradise. 
I don't know what my mother's last moments of life were like as she was walking to her car to go somewhere to do something, and as she just simply collapsed and passed away right there. But in that moment as she was going home to be with God, was that the prayer that she offered in that moment, asking God to remember her and to be merciful as she journeyed to that kingdom of heaven and as you saw the manaturgium and gave that manaturgium to the Lord saying, I gave you a priest. And so an answered prayer for the thief and hopefully for her as well. Just to close, I'd like to turn to our second reading which talked about suffering, that the sufferings of the present moment are nothing compared to the glory that is to be revealed in Christ Jesus. That the sufferings of the present moment are nothing compared to eternity. My mother surely was one who knew a lot of suffering in her life, and she was going to face a lot more pain and suffering. And suffering in itself in our Catholic tradition is a prayer, We call it redemptive. We offer it for something or someone, and I don't know if she ever did, but I can ask God to look upon that suffering now and to offer it for something on her behalf. Truly, I do believe that God in his love and in his mercy granted her eternal rest, foreseeing this suffering so that she might not endure it any longer. There is no more suffering. There is no more pain. There are no more complications with her foot or her leg or the left or the looming amputations, no more surgeries, nothing. Because God showed love and mercy towards her by calling her home. And so now we gather here today as people who knew her or people who know me, and so we gather to pray for her on this final journey. And we ask that as God heard so many prayers of hers in this life, that now he'll hear the prayer that we make today for her, that he'll grant her eternal rest and let perpetual light shine upon her. May he hear our supplication today and may it be found pleasing to him.